Great form by you hitting play on this podcast. Now, check out Same Racer, the brand new racing app for Same Race multi-tips. Same Racer. Download from the App Store and Google Play. Powered by Bluebet. Gamble responsibly. Call 1-800-858-858. Gal, fueling your mission all year round. Your home for everything rugby league. This is Running It Straight with Tony Kemp and Sam Hewitt on SENZ. Oh, that is rugby league. Yes, welcome into Running It Straight for another Wednesday afternoon, October 19, and we are basically one week, one round into the Rugby League World Cup. There is plenty to talk about between now and four o'clock. Myself, Sam here alongside Kempi in the studio, um, and today's show, we want to hear from you guys. Um, text her on double eight double three, but more importantly, pick up the phone, 0800 150 Keen to talk about the Kiwis? What you made of the team's first up performance against Lebanon, it wasn't the prettiest win, um, but they did get the job done, and uh, and how good is Joey Manu? But but also, if you want to talk about any of the other teams, some of the surprises we've seen so far, teams that you think are struggling, teams that you think are doing well, um, we'd love to have you on the phone um, talking us through how you've seen the first few games of the Rugby League World Cup. We're going to catch up with Ken Laban after 3.30. Of course, Ken Laban is very, very connected to the Rugby League community, in particular Samoa. I want to ask him... I guess what's going on, Kimpy, with Samoa, because that, to me, I, I, I mean, with five days, four, eight, four days after the fact, and I'm still sort of speechless as to what happened and how it happened. Yeah, well, leaking seven tries in that last 20 was pretty average uh, from the Samoans, especially after they got, oh, they got some really good analytical brains looking at that side going, man, they'll be pretty tough to beat. And, and not many people giving England a show. And listening to, I guess, um, the coach Wayne's comments after the after the game, the English coach saying, "Well, they bounced off all that negativity mm. that was that was dished out to them." And I, I dare say, Sam, that some of that would have been around what the Penrith boys were saying post the grand final too. Oh, absolutely, so, yeah. Um, they got themselves up for it. English on home soil never ever going to be an easy walkover game, no matter what. And I've seen English teams. I remember they came down here with a a team that was meant to be um, be beaten by us, the Kiwis, which was like a second string team, and we lost the series. So uh, they just showed everyone that they're they're going to be there definitely come come finals time. Well, you know, we had Samoa probably as the third best team, right? We had Australia, New Zealand, and we had Samoa basing that number three. England wasn't re- really featuring for us, but now you almost have to ask the question, was that a packed um, St. James Park uh, in Newcastle, about 40,000-odd fans? The question I want to ask you, Kempi, and, and I'm keen to get Ken Laban's thoughts as well, is can Samoa bounce back from that? You know what I mean? And I'm not just talking about bounce back from a loss, but bounce back from that performance and how poor it really was. And I looked at guys like Anthony Milford, Danny Levi, who I thought were very poor. And whether they stick with him or not, I guess, is a TBC. But I just wonder if, yeah, if that sort of derailed them in a way, even though it's only the first game. Well, I think the attitude was wrong. And some, some, something says to me that there's a, a mix, there's a problem wrong with a mix, whether it's the coaching, the players, just the whole attitude. Like when you've, when you've got... Uh, Sammy Tompkins running around the back. He goes back across the ruck and hits a half back down the middle of the pitch, running between markers and your A and B defender. Yeah, there's something wrong. Yeah, Garen, 
and, and you're looking at those players that have just played a grand final or played through the final series as they're running through, mm. going, man, you're just not your head's not in the game. No, so so I guess is the um, is the argument from Samoa from a Samoa perspective, these guys coming off a grand final, maybe they you know a little bit of a hangover of that, and they're still recovering. They got up there late, etc. Is that valid, or is there like serious problems here that? You know, Samoa really could, because they're going to come up against probably Tonga in a quarter final, which which is what we thought was going to happen in the semi. That's not going to happen in the quarter final. I mean, does it? What it does? Is it looking like it's going to stop there for them? No, I, I don't think it's going to stop there. I think there is a problem, and it's off the pitch. And I'd like to talk to Ken about that because mm. I know there was a lot of talk about Matty Johns and Joe Johns, Sonny Bill Williams, wanting to help out the Samoans, and and they could see the potential of them. And Matt Parrish, who's been around for donkey's years. There's always this issue around Pacific Island teams, around the governance and, and and probably not doing the best thing for the team. Yeah. And it looks a little bit like that with Samoa. So um yeah, it's a really interesting one because you look on the you look at the team on paper and they've got a they've got a champion team. You know, yeah, Phil Gould's come Phil Gould's come out and said England can't beat them. No. Nah, and yet well, England come out chance. and beat them by sixty. So um, there's some, you know, there's something not right. There's a, there's yeah. a little bit of a off-centre kilt there, and what they need to do, and I don't know if they can do it in a week. They've probably got two weeks to try and get that right because they should win the next two games. Yeah. But they're going to come up against Tonga by the looks of them after that game this morning um, against Papua New Guinea. I thought they got out of jail, Tonga, to be honest. Absolutely. Um, but I don't know whether they're at that level yeah. at international football at the moment. You know, I'm looking at the international game at the moment, and it reminds me a lot. The Tongan game this morning remind me, um, reminded me a lot of where New Zealand was probably 20 years ago. And, and Fiji the same. You know, mm, like yeah, yeah. had the team that could beat them but just didn't believe in it mm-hmm. and started concentrating on areas that actually took away from what they're actually really good at. Yeah. And, and I think it's sort of reflective of where we were 20 years ago. And then I look at our Kiwi team and Aussie team and I go, man, it's a, it's a flip of a coin. Yeah. You know, these two meet them meet the meet in the final. It's a flip of the coin. Yeah, and so you know, because I didn't give um, England any chance at all. I think had England won, say, you know, twenty points to eighteen, different story. They get up. It's a bit of an upset. It's it's the margin. It's the way it happened. I think that really caught everyone off guard. Um, we'll talk through all of the games um, as we get towards three thirty. Also, got to dive into this Kiwis Lebanon uh, game as well from Monday morning. But like I said at the top of the show, we really want to hear from you guys today. So 0800-150-811 if you want to give us a call. Double eight double three on the text. But Mikey has called in from Christchurch. Game, Mikey. Oh, g'day, fellas. How are you going? Hey, hey um, I've only really just got one question, and I'm hoping you can sort of enlighten me. Um, in regard to what happened with Samoa and England, um, a lot of the pundits are always talking about how the NRL is far stronger than the Super League. But is it? <laughs> That's mm. really my only question. Is, it, is there a massive gap is what people say there is? It's a great question. I think consistency-wise, um, when you're looking at teams that can beat each other week in, week out, that's the NRL offers up a better competition. I don't know um, whether when you get to international, whether there's that much um, of, a, of a gap that they talk about. The other thing, like I don't know if you watched the game this morning, Mikey, but there was a play the ball that happened oh, a metre off the Tongan line and, and um, the fullback went to pick it up and it hit a divot. It hit a divot in the pitch, 
and they're playing on oh. soccer fields. You know what I mean? And we always we always know when you go to England that the pitches are going to be a little bit different. I think also what we don't take into account because of the English, why they're so good on, on home soil, is that they know what they're playing on, and we don't. And and that actually brings the game a lot closer. So these people, I, look, I have never really bought into that. These The English players are, are no good compared to what the Aussie players are. I, but I do believe that the competitions are, are different because when you get, for instance, a, a Salford playing against a St Helens, yeah, yeah, yeah. it could be a 50, 60-point game. Mm. And I know that happens in the NRL, but in the NRL, those games flip on their heads week in, week out because the competition's so tight. So... Um, uh, they threw, um, um, Mikey. They threw, they threw a wobbly in there when they beat them sixty to six because every one of those Samoan boys were from the NRL. Yeah. So, so do you think it's? I mean, it's either going to be the Kiwis or Aussie versus England is what you know what the uh, good money's on. But is it is it such a lay down year that whoever is in that final, if it's Aussie or Kiwi, they will win it? I mean, I can understand favoritism and that's cool, but has England got zero chance of winning this thing? Oh, not hundred percent. Hundred percent, they can win this. They show. I think okay. they showed that in round one. Yeah, and remember too, they were missing about four of their front line players as well. I think they were without John Bateman, who was out. There was a bunch of Super League guys that we had a correspondent on Monday who mentioned that are basically the best players in Super League who who weren't available for the first game. So they are only going to get better. Mikey, the the World Cup in two thousand and eight was played on Australian soil. And their media came out and said, this is the greatest Australian side that has ever been picked, yeah. and they win it. And we yeah, all know what yeah. happened then. Mm. So, yeah. mate, you're a, brave, oh, you're a brave man to write them off. Yeah, good on you. Cheers, guys. Appreciate it. There you go, Mikey. Um, 0800 if you want to jump in on the conversation as well. Um, just to Mikey's point too, Kempi, I looked up the, um, the World Club Challenge, which, of course, is the winner of the NRL going up against the Super League especially the last 10 years, that's been heavily dominated by the NRL team. So it probably is fair to say that the top NRL team is better than the top Super uh, League team, but the Super League teams are still competitive. I mean, even looking at these games, they're close. um, The last one to be played in 2020 was the Roosters St. Helens. It was 20 points to 12. So it's not a it's not like the NRL team smashed them, you know what I mean? No, and and of course you're getting more and more players from the English competition coming down, you know. Mm. So um, you might you might have had like Gary Schofield play played a bit with Balmain, come back and play for Great Britain. You, Allery's the same, you know. Yeah. I mean, Lee Crooks played for they all seem to play for Balmain, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I think now what this what this competition is doing is showing that the English boys could actually match it with the NRL boys, and I think like I said that on on the show before. I think you'll see more English blokes coming to the NRL. Tell you what, George Williams, um, almost forgot about him. Um, he was yeah. great for the Raiders t- two or three years ago, really handy player, and he just, yeah, totally stood up for, for England on Sunday. So, um, look, lot, lots of talk about um, England and Samoa. Just before we get to a break, Kempi, let's, um, let's touch on the Kiwis game against Lebanon on Monday morning. Um, I know you've been talk- talking about it on Brecky, we've been talking about it on Afternoons, but... You know, not the perfect performance for the Kiwis, but oh, prob- far from it. Pro- probably enough, would you say, for for a first up hit out of the World Cup? Yeah, I think what it what it um, pointed out was that uh, Jerome Hughes really needs to play. Absolutely. So you got to get him and Dylan Brown together. I think that's a you know, there's a, a massive shift in the side if they play Jerome Hughes and Dylan Brown together. I think the other one is you have to start with front rowers that are going to lay the platform not front rowers that are going to dance around and think that they got to offload every time they get the ball. Mm. Now, if you watch the game this morning, the, the Papua New Guinea and Ford pack, I would actually sit down the Kiwi boys and say, this is how I want you to play. 
I want you to just get up real quick, play the ball, and build some momentum so that we can have Jerome and Dylan and the boys coming behind it because we've got some we've got some decent attack. And if it wasn't for Joey Manu, the, there were, we would be talking totally different about the Kiwi team because mm. Joey Manu single handedly in that last twenty minutes dismantled that Lebanon side. I mean, single handedly. Yeah. And and that that was the other biggest biggest point for me. Can we win it without Joey Manu? You know, he is worth so much to the side. So uh, we've got to wrap him up in cotton wool. You know, we've got to make sure yeah. that once the game's tightened up, I think you're going to get a good game out of him no matter what. You're going to have to protect him getting into these bigger games at the back end because he needs to be playing. What What do you think is Kappa's, Kempi? Could we, could we be looking at one of the one of the greats, one of the great Kiwis? Look, I never. Th- I, I, I said this on breakfast. I never thought I'd see another Cook Islander come out as good as Kevin Ero. And I think Joey Manu's better. And, wow. and Kev's my best mate, you know what I mean. So I look at I look at Joe. He's just more a more complete footballer. Yeah. Um, and he can he's just like what you got to really think about. And let's forget about the World Cup. Why isn't Joey Manu playing fullback in the NRL? Well, he's a totally different player. Mm. You know, does he go from the World Cup come back and say actually? I'm actually I'm I want to jump in the top paid bracket in the in the in the competition. I want to go and play fullback. I want to go on the open market. Yeah. My hair gets snapped up as the marquee player to any one of um, the other fifteen absolutely. clubs. Absolutely, absolutely. Wayne Bennett, I'm sure, is knocking at his door. Um, so we've got uh, Jamaica on Sunday morning, and and obviously that's going to be probably an easy game for us. Um, you mentioned the four pack. There's anything else you want to see? What can they work on in a game like that against a, a very minnow team that they're probably going to smash? What what as a coach would you want to see them do? On Sunday morning, well, they need to tighten. They need to tighten everything up. You know, they need to work on how they're going to go into the big games, and they want to be playing these smaller games. How they're going to go into those big games? You know, like go forward, get just get some momentum instead of thinking that every time you get the football, like it was really scratchy. So mm, many errors. Mm. You know, so many poor offloads, um, and there was just no momentum built in the game. I was looking all week to see what sort of team he'd name, and he named his strongest team. He had, had Jerome and Liotta pull out because of slight injuries, mm-hmm. but I like that because I think you need to play your, your strongest team right through the first three rounds and get them ready for the first semi. Yeah. Um, so, mate, he's got to go back to, to, to playing like real basic, fast, hard football with his, with his best side. And the, one of the other things that was, was a little bit of a, um, I don't know if you saw it, but Dylan Brown threw the ball out on the full. Now, the field is a little bit narrower, and the dead, dead balls are way Very shorter. Very small, yeah. You see them sliding in there and hitting the hoardings all the time. Yeah. So if they don't get used to the kicking game, and they don't get used to their running game without straightening it up, like they've got to, the halfbacks have to go to the line because of that narrower pitch, yeah. then they're going to struggle because mm. like, they're not going to go around too many teams. Yeah, there's a big adjustment for them as well. That um, We're seeing hardly any re- um, re- repeat, you know, restarts because – you know the, the dead ball line is just so so tight. Um, just before we get to the break, um, Lebanon impressed impressed with how I, they perform. I, just, I like the way they play. Like they throw it's caution a, in the wind. It's a very Michael Checker influence in my mind. Like get up in their face defensively and just disrupt, slow yep. the game down. You know, don't let them don't let them basically do anything and hope that one or two things are going to go your way, which they did, but just not sort of enough yeah, in the I, eighty minutes. But I'm, and sending um, Adam Dooley off with descent is in a in a World Cup international, I think it's a bit tough. You know, like 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 give the penalty away and warn him and say, look, that it happens again, you're yeah. definitely going. Mm. But don't don't make it such a disadvantage because right up into that stage, it was a game. Yeah. 
you know so yeah. on, and he obviously didn't it wasn't like a Brandon Smith because you know we're not all up in arms over what he said because by all accounts it wasn't you know overly um, aggressive so he's going to cop a one match ban because he got sent off but from I all think, accounts I think, I, I think the, how they came out and played the, the Kiwis just I guess just like how Fiji started like how Papua New Guinea started against Tyres they come prepared and they've got their own flavour mm. and they need a, you know, that's Lebanon. I, I really like watching them play. Mitchell Moses' kicking game was outstanding yeah. again. You know, he's throwing little little um, kicks to the sidelines and big blokes are catching on the full. Mansell goes over early. They made a game of it. Yeah. Um, but, and, well, that, but they're and, not going to compete at the back end. No, and but the, the, the difference for me as well between a Lebanon and Samoa is that Lebanon didn't stop. You know, even as the game sort of started to move away from them in that sort of 65-minute mark onwards, they didn't give up like Samoa did. I mean, Samoa really threw the towel in, and that's why it got to 60 points. So I give credit to Lebanon for, you know, continuing to play right and through until the 80 minutes. Yeah, um, well, they should be, They should be. you know, take, I was a little bit worried there at some stage of the game going, oh, scratchy, you mm. know, it was 18-12. Yeah. And you're thinking, man, they're in this for, for way too long. Yeah. Yeah, it was, but, it was a little bit nervous. And they've got um, Ireland as well this weekend, which is going to be a cracking game. That's the game of the round. Yeah, that is going to be a fantastic game. Okay, we're going to take a short break. Um, if you are trying to get through 0800 150 very keen to chat with you on the phones, or you can text us on double eight double three. A couple of questions in here I'll ask Kempi. We'll go through some of the other games from the weekend as well. You're listening to Running It Straight here on SCNZ. Thanks to Gulp, fueling your mission all year round. We'll be back after this. Mission all year round. Just like that. Hard-hitting analysis of one of the greatest games on earth. We're talking rugby league. This is Running It Straight on SENZ. Coming up 25 minutes past three here on SENZ, Running It Straight. Set myself alongside Kempi. You can uh, call us 0800 or give us a text on 8833. Uh, Kempi texting here says, getting in early. Uh, it already looks like the Pacific teams aren't going to go as good as we thought for some reason. I'm assuming that's in reference to Samoa and Tonga. Oh, look, I thought the Tongans, you know, you got Jason Tomalolo that's out with three-game suspension, and uh, I don't know why Dave Fafita was left so late to come on and probably got, you know, got stuck behind a pump and a good inside that played really well in that mid-year test against Fiji and Dunham. Yeah. you got to remember that. Oh, I thought the um, pump and a good apart from the guy um, standing on the sideline before he went out, um, that, that was a try. And then the one with a shoulder charge, that was a penalty try. Yeah. And it looked like he put it down anyway. Yeah. You know, like. So it's a, yeah, it's it's really tough. I think, you know, give, give them a couple of games into the World Cup to see whether or not they come right. But I don't think they're, they're frightening the likes of Australia, England, or New Zealand no. at the moment. No, that's was I was going to say. Those The top of the higher teams are going to be licking their lips with how these guys are performing at the moment. Well, especially the way the draw, draws worked out Correct. too, Sam. Yeah. Totally. Um, Craig, I do have to acknowledge this one. Uh, he told us last week, Kempi, that uh, England would beat Samoa. And then I said, uh, if you know something I don't, then uh, and it comes in, then maybe you should come and host Running It Straight next Wednesday. So uh, he asked oh, me. Oh, so Craig, you're coming in next yeah, Wednesday? No, he's supposed to be hosting today. Oh, yeah, he's supposed that? to be hosting today. I just didn't reply to his message earlier. <laughs> yeah, but credit to you, Craig. You did pick up my friend. Well done. I hope you got some of it. Um, and someone said, uh, when you were talking about Samoa looking good on paper, shame they play on grass. Superstars and NRL finalists against a team playing with passion. Um, yeah, I think there is still a little bit of NRL hangover going on with Samoa. Um, let's talk about a few of the other big games. Uh, of course, Australia beating Fiji 42 points to eight. A pretty uh, impressive performance from Australia. It took them a while to get going, but once they did get the legs turning, um, it was all the stars that, that showed up. 
um, Kempe and, and a pretty impressive performance from them. I don't think there's anything to suggest that they're not going to be easily the, the tournament favourites no, after game one. No, should should Freddie have put the the Fox and New South Wales team? Um, Cam Munster's just hit the ground running with a player of the day performance. I think uh, Latrell Mitchell in the centres just offers you know that that's a the trump card. Um, strike power on that back line is unbelievable, mm. you know. And if Mel can get that forward pack going right, then they, they are the favourites. They are the favourites to win this tournament. And, oh, look, I thought Fiji on paper were really good. I thought they started well, and they just couldn't hang with them. You know, and those long-range tries, that's... If you if you go back and look at footage um, of Aussie Tour in England, they win their games by scoring long-range tries. Mm, interesting. They've got out of jail a number of times yeah. from their own 25 yeah, and scoring long-range long, long tries. So... Um, they've picked speed, and Mal's been in a couple of those tries that won them series. Um, mate, I thought they looked very, very good. Yeah, spread it wide early to guys like Josh Adokar and just watch them go. Um, Ruben Cotter uh, is out with an HIA for their next match, which isn't too much of a, a loss for them. He will be coming back for, for match number three. So they've got Scotland in a few days' time, um, and uh, Fiji face Italy, so yeah, Aussie will probably just keep on rolling through that. Um, the other game that was quite interesting was the Ireland-Jamaica uh, game, and Jamaica, of course, is no rugby league powerhouse. They beat them 48 points to eight, but Luke Carey um, really getting the job done for Ireland. I think he was involved in pretty much all of his tries, or at least three of the tries that they scored. Um, could have been worse as well, Kempi, because they only hit four from ten conversions. Um, Ireland. So um, and they took him off for twenty minutes to go. He'd yeah. run for one hundred and sixty six meters, set up three, and scored one. Yeah, you know what I mean. So what I liked about Luke uh, Luke Cleary, uh, Luke Carey was what he was talking about. His brothers being brought up, understanding where his heritage was from their father, and really loved putting that uh, Ireland jersey on. Seamus McCullum, who was my was my physio at Leeds, uh, actually played for Ireland, played for Halifax at the time, went to Wembley, won it with them. And uh, Tommy Martin, the St. Helens 5'8", and played against me when he was at St. Helens, played for England as well. They presented the jerseys to the Irish mm. to make sure that they knew that... that they remind me so much of the Irish, the Kiwis. They're so yeah. passionate. Yeah. Um, and that game against Lebanon this week, that's the game of the round. I, yeah. I thought Ireland would not be with Lebanon. I actually think Ireland are a chance against Lebanon. I think they are. Chance of an upset. Um, yeah, it's interesting. I, just for me personally, Kempe, watching these last few days... I get a real sense of, man, if if we can really get some of these top-line NRL guys to go back to the, to those sort of countries of heritage like Ireland, like Scotland, um, and then, you know, of course, we've got the Samoa and Tongans getting better and better. You know, we could have a World Cup in, in four, eight years' time that we have six or seven really strong teams and we get more upsets. Because, yeah. you know, you just don't really get upsets at a Rugby League World Cup in the pool stages, do you? You know, it's, it's pretty tame. Yeah, it's a, it's getting better, Sam. I've got to say, it's a lot. Um, in '95, we played Tonga in the first round. I don't know if you remember that game. We had something like nine minutes to go. We were down by ten points, and uh, Ridgie kicks that field goal in the last couple of minutes to win it for us. You 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 get the odd one, but I think one of one of the good things that I'm like, look, I love it when Luke Kerry says I'm going to go play for Aussie. I love it when Victor Radley says I'm going to go back and play for my for, mm. for my my home country, which is England. Just because it's like my my kids were both born in England, but they they're not they're not English. Mm. You know what I mean? If I was if I was born and bred in England and come to New Zealand to live with my kids, then I'd want them to go back and play for England. You know, so I love it if you're if you're actually an Englishman, a Scotsman, Irishman, a Tongan, Samoan, whatever, and that you want to go back and represent your heritage, mm. then you're dead right. The games would be a 
a heck of a lot closer. Yeah, I really do hope that's where the game um, is heading in the future. We're going to take a a small break for news here. Uh, On the other side, we're going to chat with Ken Laban, very connected to the uh, rugby league community and particularly to Samo. I'm going to ask him what his thoughts are around uh, what's going on inside uh, that organisation. Ken's always a great chat. If you've got any questions, you can text him through on double eight double three. But first, we'll get some news with Johnny Mack. 20 Cricket World Cup, the Black Caps against Australia this Saturday on SENZ. Is this you, Campy? Is this you? Oh, a bit of Billy Idol, mate. Nothing wrong with that, Keza. Back of the bus on the way home from a big win, no oh, doubt. Yeah. Hey, um, welcome back into Running It Straight, your dedicated rugby league show here on SNZ. We're talking Rugby League World Cup, and it is a pleasure to welcome into the show. You'll, you'll know him probably from uh, Sky Sports rugby coverage, but what he's really famous for, Kempe, is coaching that Wainui Amata team through the 90s, best team in New Zealand. Uh, Ken Laban joins us. G'day, Ken. Good afternoon, boys. Hey, Kenny, how are you, mate? Uh, good to talk to you this afternoon. Um, we'll get straight into it, mate. The Samoans and the start to the World Cup. What do you think went wrong? Um, well, if you look at the quality of the roster, uh, then you compare that with the quality of the roster in 2017, uh, and obviously the Penrith Panthers' influence in the 2022 squad, you know what I what I thought we saw on the weekend in 2022 was a continuation of the debacle in uh, 2017. Nobody can tell me that players of that status in the NRL, particularly those Penrith players that have enjoyed tremendous um, success, could all of a sudden overnight um, be disappointing, be lacklustre, lack the necessary enthusiasm and aggressive and aggressive defence to compete at the international level. So, you know, obviously, maybe you have to look at the culture and the coaching um, and the leadership. And sure, there's some responsibility um, for the players. We know and understand that. Uh, but having said that, you know, once that new, that uh, Samoan team was announced, uh, I thought definitely for sure that they would be top four um, material. Uh, but after their embarrassing effort um, on the weekend, um, we, we can only hope that they find a way to turn it all around uh, before they step back out. Um, you know, but I look at the team and look for potential weaknesses, and on paper, there isn't any, is there? No. Uh, when you look closely um, at the team, there's nothing wrong with their middles, there's nothing wrong with their edges, there's nothing wrong with their knowledge and understanding of the game, um, nothing wrong with their kicking game or their variation towards the last. They're tough enough and experienced enough and a lot of those players that have enjoyed the NRL um, experience. So, you know, to me, I, I know it's really to put pressure um, on the coach, but we said this in 2017 that Matt Parrish uh, didn't understand how to get the best out of the players and that he thought that uh, he might struggle because he doesn't have the same status of other coaches that um, have managed and mentored these boys over the last few years. So um, I don't have, I'm sorry, mate, I don't have too much positive things to say about Samoa, I thought they were underwhelming and disappointing. You've been there, like, and set the like. You set Wainui on a on a hell of a journey back in the nineties, Ken. You took him, you know, from the from the lower divisions, moving over from Randwick, and you built that culture in that Wainui Wainui club, that town that just drove rugby league with John, Johnny Lomax's and and Dave Lomax's and so on. 
for the Samoan boys, what when you're saying about Matt Parrish and trying to get that cultural I'm just not talking about Samoa as a people, but Samoa as a team and what they represent going. And you've seen what happened in 2017. Have Samoa missed the boat by reappointing the likes of Matt Parrish when they could have gone, as we know, for the likes of Matty Johns and Joey Johns to sort of lift it to another level? Well, if you look at those same players that we're talking about, Ricky Stewart coaches um, Canberra and Papa Lee uh, is in the Ivan Cleary coaches um, Penrith. And there's a fair representation of uh, Penrith players in there. Trent Robinson, obviously, with Joseph Suwali, the um, you know the next Latrell Mitchell James Tedesco, who's the fullback um, in the team. Those players come from environments uh, where we have already seen them achieve their potential and at the uh, and at the very high level um, consistently. So you know to see those same players be an environment where they're unable to achieve their potential and unable to scale those heights. And I'm talking about, you know, decent decisions on attack, the ability to complete their sets, the ability to play down the right end, the park, the ability to make smart decisions on the last tackle. I don't see any of that, you know. So, you know, at some point, you know, we have to accept the obvious. It's a byproduct of the leadership or lack of leadership that exists in the team. And there was all sorts of controversy um, that we were all aware of in the lead-up um, to the game. And at the end of the day, as you know, this is it's a cold-hearted, brutal business, and uh, the only judgment is numbers and results. And uh, when you look at a scoreline like that, a disappointing performance like that to concede 50 points um, in the first game of the competition doesn't all go well. You know, so hopefully um, somebody, I don't think it's going to be Matt Parrish and maybe some of the senior players, um, need to take over um, the responsibility of making sure that the boys get up for the next game. But, you know, when you talk about Matty Johns, Andrew Johns, Sonny Bill Williams, who uh, all express publicly, as far as I'm aware, their enthusiasm, enthusiasm to be involved with the Samoan team, um, it's a shame that that uh, expertise wasn't called upon when it was right there for all of us to enjoy. Yeah, and I hope uh, post this World Cup, uh, if we you know know that that needs to happen going forward with such a wonderful, um, I guess, uh, stable of Samoan players coming through, not just now but in the future, that they are coached well. Mate, the rest of the World Cup, um, what, did you, what did you take out of the Australians and the Kiwi so far? Well, I think that the Australian and the Kiwi and the English teams are the best three teams um, yeah, based on the, uh, what we've seen in the first, first round of the competition. You know, Samoa's good on paper, but as you know, the game's not played. Um, on paper, and I think that pretty much the um, uh, um, the middle players. I'm talking about the front rowers and um, and the lock. There is a there is a similarity between all of them, and and, and the same applies to the second rowers. But the area where I think Australia have got the biggest advantage, Kempi, is their spine. Um, well, Harry Grant has obviously been in fantastic form. Uh, with the Melbourne Storm, he's going to be a key factor in dummy half. So he's going to handle the ball more times than anybody else. We look at who they've got in the seven. Well, you know, they're going to, they're going to make a decision, aren't they, between Nathan Cleary and um, and Daly, Daly Cherry Evans uh, as well. Cameron Munster's going to be the sixth. And James Tedesco's going to be the fullback. So in most of the other positions, the Australian, um, the Australian team, the English team and the New Zealand team, to me, they're pretty much of a muchness. But it's that area, that crucial area, 9761, which we talk about all the time, which determines 
the outcome and result of, of the game where they have the biggest they have the biggest advantage. Um, how you shut them down, I'm, I'm I'm not sure. In the old days, it used to be Tora 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 and the team on the day. Uh, that's still relevant as your day, uh, but otherwise, I think it's Australia's World Cup to lose. Yeah, they they definitely. Um... The favourites, everyone's trying to say the Kiwis are, but the Australians are definitely the favourites. Thanks for joining us on uh, Running It Straight today. Kenny, we'll catch up soon. No worries, bro. Anytime. There you go, Ken Laban there. Um, some very interesting thoughts, Kempi. Um, I want to ask you about the Samoa um, stuff that you guys were talking about, Maddie and, and Andrew Johns. Were they, did they say they'd do it for free? Because I imagine money was probably something that well, was... Well, money, money was near... That's exactly right. Money was near... Uh, never mentioned, and we actually, myself and Ken, tried to um, help them get across the the line, as because we could see the potential. And of course, if you if you're adding, uh, I guess, some good leadership around it, because what Kenny's talking about in 2017, they had the same problem. Yeah, you, they could they couldn't get him to fire, and it looks like the same thing has happened with the Samoan side again. I, I don't want to go on on about it, but this is a clear indication that the Samoans really need to change their leadership. Yep, the players are there, <laughs> like Kenny, oh, like Kenny just, just said. You cannot find a weakness in their side no. apart from getting them on the football field and making them put in the effort and knowing how to do that. Yeah. And of course, if you look at Tonga's effort this morning, you look at Papua New Guinea's effort, you look at the the other Pacific Islanders, they've shown up and they and they know what they, they need to do. And, and there's no excuse for me, Kempe, um, whether they are underdone, whether they've got a hangover from a, from a grand final or whatever, the talent that they have, is, as Ken said, you don't turn to that overnight. You don't lose by 60 points, even if you're, you know, you're slightly off. That's what I'm saying. Like, if they had lost... 20 points to 18, I would say that... It's a talking, they, it's a talking point of the comp. It's yeah. a talking point of the comp because you can't find a weakness across it. No. Like when they stood up and they named the team, you were, everyone was going, how are England going to beat them? Especially with the, some of the kids that they named in their English team. Mm. But they went out there, England, and they didn't beat 60 them. 60 points, They yeah. dealt to them. There's a really interesting point that he made right at the end about the spine, uh, Australian spine, 100%. It's the Queensland spine with James Tedesco at fullback. You know what I mean? And this question about does Cleary get a shot at halfback? I don't think he gets a shot at halfback while Meninga's there. No. Because I think Meninga's going to – he knows what he gets out of Cherry, Cherry Evans-Munster and, of course, Harry Grant. Now, I know our guys can play as good as those three. Yeah, Munster's a Munster's a. I think he's an immortal in a few. And, you know, that, he, that's how good that kid is. Yeah. Um, but I think, you know, Jerome Hughes, uh, Dylan Brown, and I know Joey Manu can play as good. And, of course, you've got – the young boy, the cheese and the hooker, of course he wants to play well against and Harry I t- Grant. I tell you what, the cheese in that game was a standout for me on Monday. Like, just his pace around the ruck, he just he gets it and goes for it. He just doesn't stop at all. And I th- and Harry Grant's similar, but I think you're right. I think we match up really, really well with him. And we always used to talk about it, Sam, when the Kiwis get to play, we haven't had the hardened competition of the state of origin to prepare us. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you get these three guys that are sitting in there at half hooker and 5'8", well, mate, look at the series they've just come out of. Mm. You know, they've built combinations. They know what to do. They know how to get down to the end, end of the field, and we're working our way towards it. That's why I say we need to play our best our best team right from day one so they can build those combinations. Give us your thoughts on double eight double three or jump on the phone, 0800-150-811. We will take a short break and come back with plenty more. You're listening to Running It Straight here on ECNZ. Thanks to Gulp, fueling your mission all year round. Gulp. Fueling your mission all year round. Just like that. Have your say on the great game of rugby league. 0800 150 811. This is Running It Straight on SENZ.
Coming up 10 to 4 here on ECNZ. We've got Tony on the line. G'day, Tony. Hey, how's it going? Hey, I just wanted to um, ask Uncle something. I was watching a... Um, I was watching um, the second test between the Kiwis and Australia in 1989 in Rotorua Game 2. Mm. Do you remember what happened after Bellman Nigger scored the first try under the post? Uh, I broke my arm on his head, I think. <laughs> what did he say to you when he got up? Because he looked pretty angry. <laughs> yep, there's something it was along the lines like, I'm going to get you, Tony. Um, that wasn't very nice. And, yep, look out, I'm coming looking for you. It was what Wally Lewis said when he ran in after him, Tony. <laughs> Wally Lewis coming on the back of him and called me all the names under the sun. <laughs> Imagine if he got holy, eh? It would have been like a silverback playing with his young. <laughs> <laughs> now, you know the you know the saying, got to catch me first. <laughs> yeah, that's right. you got a good memory. Well done, Apples. Finding that. <laughs> yeah, go to, go to Kiwis, Uncle. Go to Kiwis. Go to Kiwis. Hey, what'd you, what'd, you, what'd you make of the first game, Tony? Uh, Kiwis Lebanon. Do you, do you like how the boys shaped up? Yeah, I, I to me it looks to me I, it reminds me of the 2008 team. They just had that belief, and mm. and you know I, I think we can go a long way in this in this cup. Yeah, what, what did, you, did you watch the game this morning? The Tongans, Papua New Guineans, wasn't that a good game? No, I didn't watch it. Nah, but yeah, no, nah, my my wife's Papua New Guinean, so yeah, we always back the Kumuls. Yeah, they yeah. played so well. They actually had two tries disallowed. One of them. The winger stood on the line with a line open, and and I thought the other one with a shoulder show should have been a penalty try. So could have easily been different, uh, Tony. But yeah, I, I agree with you. Kiwis all day, mate. Let's hope that they can do it. Yeah, let's let's do it, man. Go for Kiwis. Good stuff. Thanks, Tony. Here you go. Oh eight hundred one five zero eleven. If you want to jump aboard the conversation, double eight double three. A couple of texts in here just before we take another break, Kimby. Uh, like some World Cups in sport, they can be based around squad depth, conditioning and timing. Would you consider that here with the likes of Great Britain, Aussies and NZ versus the Tier 2 Nation teams? It's a marathon versus sprint. Cheers, Simon. Yeah, look, I think so. If you look at, um, they've, already, they've already lost three, the Samoans. Um, Fido, Uwali and there was one other that went down. In the- oh, um, yep. Uh same last name makes me think of um, yep, Tyrone May. Yeah, that's Tyrome. right. Tyrome. <laughs> I was thinking Taylor May. Tyrone May. With a dislocated hip. That's right. So, uh, look, they're going to they're going to miss those three players. So, uh, I think if you've got decent depth and you need to put someone into, a, especially a crucial po- um, position, mm. then yeah, that's where the Aussies, the the English, and the Kiwis always seem to have that uh, over the over the tier two nations. Another text in here. Are the Roosters going to be able to afford Tedesco, Suwali and Man? Of course they are. It's the Roosters sombrero. Don't you know how those guys Mac, <laughs> operate Mac at Pilatus, City City? Uh, we'll take another short break. I've got Brent. We've got Brent calling in from Christchurch there. Brent, um, if you can hold the line, we will get to you right after the break. Gull, fueling your mission all year round. Just like that. Hard-hitting analysis of one of the greatest games on earth. We're talking rugby league. This is Running It Straight on SENZ. Kempi and me just uh, sorting out the world's problems in the air break. Uh, Brent, <laughs> Brent's called in from Christchurch. G'day, Brent. Yeah, g'day, guys. How are you? Hey, Brent. Very well, mate. Um, I just want to make a quick comment. Um, I just want to ask you if England played the Kiwis on Monday, played the way they did and the Kiwis played the, the, the way that they did, 
Who do you think would win? It's a great I question. I don't think it would be the Kiwis, mate. That's a great question, Brent. Yeah, look, I don't think so either, Brent. I, look, they were really scratchy, and I think if England came out and played that way and, and New Zealand played the way that they played on, on their first game, they, of course they would. That, that's why you, you're a brave man to, to, to have a lay-down bazaar and say Kiwis going to win the comp or the Aussies going to win it because at oh, this stage... It's been a wake-up wake call, that. It has. Again. It has. And I, I guess that's the best thing about the tournament, Sam, Brent, is that in these early rounds you can iron out a few of the creases and, and the teams that can iron them out are going to go close to winning it. Yeah, I just sort of kind of think, guys, that England, if they get through to the final, are going to be bloody hard to beat. They, they will be. 50,000 screaming bombs for them. And they so sound like field. 2 million. Yeah, I was just going to say the home ground advantage yeah. and seeing that 40,000 at, New, at Newcastle there. I agree with you, mate. Home ground advantage plays a massive part. Um, Brent, really appreciate your call. Um, thanks for jumping on board. Uh, Kempi, we've only got about a minute left to go. Um, I'll ask you this question because I think it's fantastic from Richie. Uh, who would be the first on the team sheet out of Joey Manu or SBW in his prime? Oh, Sonny Bill Williams for me. <laughs> I, look, I, I know... Could I, be Joey in about 10 years. But yeah, maybe. Jo- Joey's on that journey, but I've said that Sonny Bill Williams is the best I've ever seen. Yeah. All right, Kempi. Hey, um, just as we finish up here, uh, let's go through the next round of games. It should all be pretty easy picks for you. Um, Australia, Scotland. Aussie. Uh, Fiji, Italy. That's Sunday morning. At Fiji. Uh, England, France, which is the 5 a.m. game. The Roses. Yep. Uh, New Zealand, Jamaica. Come on, the Kiwis. Uh, Lebanon, Ireland, Monday morning at 2.30. I'm going Ireland. Interesting. Okay, I think I'm going to stick with Lebanon, even though they've got no Adam Dewey. Uh, Samoa, Greece, Monday, 5 a.m. I think Samoa bounce back. Uh, and then Tonga, Wales on Tuesday. Tonga, too easy. And Papua New Guinea, Cook Islands on. Second game of the round, this you one. A big game for the Cook Islands. They look really good and Cam Papua New Guinea bounce back. They need to win it. Okay, there you go. That's running it straight for another week. Loving the Rugby League World Cup. We will be back next Wednesday with all the analysis, lots more guests, your texts and calls as well. The Run Home up next on SNZ. It's Ty Power's Big Footy final sale. To kick things off, you can get the power to buy three and get one free on selected Toyo passenger car and SUV tyres. Ty Power's Big Footy final sale can't last. Visit typower.com.au now.